Ken in high heels. There you ah! go. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Podcast 130, Animalized Side 2. What do you think of that, Courtney? Oh, that was pretty cool. I thought so, too. Can you do a Gene Simmons yell? Yeah, yeah! There you go. I like that. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. And welcome to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of the hosts here today. And today we're going to be discussing Animal Eyes, side two. But before we do that, we have on the phone the one, the only, <laughs> Courtney Cronin Dold. These are the Dolds you're looking for. How are you doing, Courtney? <laughs> Great, Ken. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a good day to be above ground, and I'll take <laughs> this one as a win. We're going to have you on the podcast and do a, a special episode all about you. But before we do that, we're going to do our elder show and finish up the animalized thing. But I welcome you to the podcast central, to the the big elder table here in the podcast studio. I am honored, studios. honored to be here. This is so cool. Yes. And I want to introduce you to our audience a little bit. You are a stand-up comedian and TV producer. Yes, I write and produce for television and for other comedians and the occasional rock star, which is actually really, really fun. I prefer that mm-hmm. the most. And I also do stand-up comedy for 20 years now. I mostly write for other comedians because I like to like just write it and let them go do the hard part. But uh-huh, sometimes I get to do the hard part, which is actually really fun now, mm-hmm. now that it's been so many years and it's it, be- it becomes more fun than more like a job, you know. And my good buddy Joseph Polo brought you to my attention, and you are a huge KISS fan, and you also kind of did something very cool quite recently. You were on a boat or something. I was on a boat. I, I get to open quite frequently for my very good friend Craig Gass, who is also a huge KISS fan. We, uh, when it was time for him to do his second kiss cruise he said you know i should bring one of my friends who loves kiss as much as i do and that would be me so he asked uh, me to do kiss cruise three with him and we had a ball and we're very very close friends regardless we do a lot of things together we also write together a lot and um so it was really fun we were working on kiss jokes together i was working with him on his stuff which he's so funny so it's really fun and and we had such a great time that when he got asked to do the kiss cruise again he asked me to come back And this last one, Kiss Cruise 3 was great, but this last one was just amazing and it was life-changing. Kiss Cruise 3 basically took me from an average Kiss fan to I have to do everything Kiss fan. Like, it really, like, turned me, you know, into more, into a bigger fan. It just made me appreciate history more. And and it made me appreciate the people and what the whole world is about and the Kiss army. And I didn't understand the world. I just liked Kiss. And I liked the music and I liked just the idea of Kiss, mm-hmm. but I didn't get what was going on on the inside. And now that I'm, I've been let in through the secret door, the door from the elder, mind you, yes. has opened. And I was let in and it is such a fun world and I love it. And, and we, I'm so honored to even be let in the door. <laughs> and every time that the door is open, that, that song plays, so. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, I met Joe on the on the cruise and um and and his friends and actually ended up hanging out with them most of the time and just had a really 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 great time with them. It was really fun. Now Craig Gash, you mentioned that name. I'm not familiar with him. He's f- famous for imitating somebody <laughs> he, or something. He does. Really. He does a great Gene Simmons impression. He does. He does. I know this other guy that does one too. Well, it's I don't weird. know anything about that, but we look forward to talking to Craig at some point. The uh, the meeting of the mouths, we'll call it. It'll it'll be fantastic. So uh, that would be that would be pretty epic. Yeah. Craig he Gass, also does I'm Paul Stanley, Stanley, but he, yes, he, does, he does off stage Paul Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like like interview Paul Stanley, not so yeah, much he, the screaming. Not the people, Paul Stanley. Yeah. But. yeah. Exactly. So, so we look forward to that. You were recently at two cool events. You you dropped by the Kiss Expo. How was that? That was my first expo, and it was really cool. It was really mellow. I was. Not well, it really is sure in L.A., right? It was in L.A. at Raleigh Studios, actually, which is where I re- record another podcast I do with Erin Foley, who's a brilliant comedian. She does an all-female sports podcast at All Things Comedy, which is Bill Burr's podcast network, and mm-hmm. so. It's right there. So I knew, I was like, oh, it's right next door. So it's, um, it was on the, in the studios on the lot on one of the sound stages on one of the smaller stages. It was pretty cool. Uh, Peter Chris was there. I unfortunately had a work thing that morning, so I wasn't able to get there in time to get in line to meet Peter Chris. That was a giant bummer because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that was like one of the main parts of the expo. So that was kind of a bummer, but I bought some cool stuff. I'm really into the, uh, into solo faces stuff the solo album covers yep. i love just that art mm-hmm. and who does any i know it's my favorite um so i got some solo faces stuff and i got like this really cool love gun sticker that i really want to put on my car but my husband won't let me and right. um well you know it would <laughs> it would devalue the uh, value of the sticker <laughs> exactly I'm like we own the car and it's an all black car. it would just look super cool you know just like cool anyway, so, cool yeah. with a k right it would be cool with a k he's like no they were not putting the love gun on the car by the way at the la kiss expo did they have kiss kale on sale kiss kale <laughs> they did they had kiss kale chips <laughs> they're fantastic everybody buy some they're just wonderful <laughs> No, they had some cool stuff, like stuff I didn't even know existed. You know what Gene would say, right? Think what? healthy, buy healthy. <laughs> if you're buying Kiss Kale chips, you know, buy healthy. I can just see that. Instead of be healthy, buy healthy. It's Gene we're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> These are the chips that rock. <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> Fat girls um, will lose weight three states away eating these chips. <laughs> Sorry, I keep laughing over <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything you're saying. I'm sorry. I know it sounds like really muddled. I, I have to slow down. No, it's groovy, man. So it was a good time had by everybody. It was uh, interesting to finally have a nice Kiss Expo out in L.A. So that's great. I know that a lot yeah. of people have been putting a bunch of pictures online, and it's great seeing all that come in. And special shout-out to Julian Gill and Tim McFate and Keith Combs and the guys over at Three Sides and everybody that made it out there. So hello, everyone. And it was great. Bruce was there. Bruce was there. Bruce was there and he spoke and he's just, I just really love Bruce. He's just, I mean, he's like the, he's the kiss member. You just want to hug. You know what I mean? He's the guy you just want to be like, Bruce, and just hug him. So it was really nice uh, to hear him speak. And, um, you know, he had his table with all his cool stuff. And, and I got to hear big John Hart, the bodyguard, but he has a book out and he did, he also spoke and talked about what it was like 
you know, protecting Kiss back in the day. He was, I really enjoyed his stories. I'd love to read his book. And he also did photos with fans that wanted with him covering their face. Oh, yeah. That's like a famous <laughs> photo. <laughs> yeah, just like he did with Paul in People Magazine yeah. back yes. in the day. And he, he talked about that, what happened that day. And, you know, he's like, everyone's like, was the photo staged? And it's like, really? Yes, of course it was staged. It's Kiss. Everything is staged and made perfect just <laughs> and, for and us. God, right. And God bless Big John, but the man was not an actor. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his face in the photo, he's like, no, no, no looking at this man. There's no looking here. You know, it was very like animated and kind of over the top. Yeah. It, but it was very cute. He, he seemed like a real sweet guy. And um, you could tell he really cared about the band and he really cared about them. And it was nice to hear that instead of someone's like, yeah, I come to work, I go home, I punch in, I punch out. No, he, this guy cared. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I found interesting. But how do you not care? Right. You know, exactly. You're going to dig this next thing I'm going to tell you. But a gentleman by the name of Keith Combs was out there and he's a huge Monkees fan like you're, oh. like you and I are. Uh-huh. And not not only that, he wore a zilch button as he walked around the L.A. Kiss convention. When he met with Peter Chris, Peter Chris loved his monkey shirt, and <laughs> he he hugged him and everything. And and then he said, "What is that?" And he pointed to the zilch button. Peter said it was very cool. You know, he really liked the artwork on it and stuff like that. And he, and uh, Keith said, uh, "This is actually from my friend Ken Mills's Monkeys podcast, and he had you on the podcast." when you talked about your cancer scare and he said oh my god yes 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 and he said oh uh, you know it, it was it was my pleasure to be on his show and he said my pleasure twice and he said uh, to tell ken and everybody hi so thank you keith combs for relating that story it's good to hear from the cat man we love him we love everybody that's part of history and it's so cool speaking of people part of history you yeah. recently got to see the ace fraley live I and did. and enough is enough well, yes, I love Enough's Enough. I've mm-hmm. seen them a bunch of times. And Ace, that was my first Ace show as well. I recognized a bunch of faces from the expo, so it was kind of nice that those fell around the same time. Mm-hmm. So people that flew out from all over could, you know, attend that show the next night. That was really fun. It was totally worth the tinnitus. It was it was <laughs> really fun show. But I'm sure all of your listeners have seen Ace's show. And, you know, for a guy that is used to the majority of his career playing in very large venues still packs that kind of power and sound into his show mm-hmm. into a smaller venue which i was told by an, a fellow friend kiss fan bring earplugs or you probably won't enjoy it as much as, as you'd like to enjoy because it was quite loud it was yeah. probably the loudest show i've ever been to i think Ace was pumping the wattage into the he, cottage, as the old DJs used to say. Oh, okay, yeah, he was he was really loud. But and then I'm thinking, is it because they're so they're just got they just got to be deaf at this point, you know, at this point in their career. But I don't know. But that's just that's just Ace. He's just a powerhouse, and that's what the show was. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was it was really fun. It, the people around me were fun. Everybody was singing. Um. I had a murderer fan right next to me, like I always do at a kiss-related event. No, um, no, no. Wait, tell me, tell okay. me what you're talking about. Okay, a murderer fan. A lot, almost every time I'm at a kiss show, I'm always next to a guy who I end up like singing with, <laughs> who has clearly <laughs> killed someone. <laughs> 
there's no doubt in my mind that this person is either avoided prison time for murder or just finished doing 20 years stint. But he's singing with you. He's singing. He's wearing a jean jacket that is older than me. Uh-huh. And he definitely has seen better days. But boy, does he love Kiss. And there he was next to me. Ace didn't even sing Cold Gin. We did. Uh. <laughs> It was really fun. It was just great. There I was singing Cold Gin next to a guy who I'm pretty sure killed someone. I don't know if it was self-defense. I'm going to go with self-defense because he seemed like a nice he guy. He seemed like a nice guy for a murderer. <laughs> but He definitely killed someone. There's no doubt in my mind that there is, there is someone who lost their life due to this person. But if you're going to sing with someone that may or may not have killed someone, this guy was a good guy. He was good. So special shout out to the guy who didn't kill Courtney at the Ace Show. God, I hope he's not listening. He's probably like, I'm a kindergarten teacher. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. There we go. Allegedly. This is Ace Fraley of Kiss. We're going to say allegedly. You know what the best part of that night was, aside from Chips Enough kissing me on the lips twice, don't what tell my that? husband. I won't tell your husband, but that's that, hot. He, he is the nicest guy in the world. I mm. love that guy. I did a joke about him on the Kiss Cruise, uh, and it was very, very dirty. And he was so supportive about it. He actually really enjoyed it. His wife really enjoyed it. She, she's a doll. He was so sweet. Like, after the show, I was talking to him, and he's like, she's the comedian. And he was, like, telling people and, like, pointing at me. He was so supportive. He's such a nice guy. I just, I love him. Um, but the best part about the Ace show, aside from Ace, and his band is ridiculous, by mm-hmm. the way. Very talented bunch of guys. Oh, my God, are they talented. I was blown away by that. His drummer is like my new favorite drummer. Scott Coogan really liked him. His voice is amazing. Every time he sang, I was like, what? I really enjoyed him. I mean, I enjoyed the whole band. Every Everyone in the band is, is just kill. I mean, obviously, Ace is, is going to stack himself well. Mm-hmm. So... The band was incredible, and the fans were incredible. It was really fun. That's one thing I love about Kiss and about the fans. It's like 50-year-old men. It's the only time you see, like, hardcore-looking, like, fully 100% straight men screaming, I love you, Ace! And they just want to touch him. They they just want to be near him and touch him. They do, and they were, like, up there and, like, touching him and reaching for him, and they were losing their minds. Like, losing their minds that he was right there. And it was really cool to see that because, like, the 13-year-old boy inside these guys, you know, like, mm-hmm. came out. <laughs> like, the high school guy inside was, like, coming out. It happens and, to me every day. I feel like a little girl in spring. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. It was really cool and fun. And, I, and um, yeah, and I met, you know, I got my, I had my murderer fan. It's like... <laughs> gotta have my murderer fan next to me it's the the best one was on the kiss cruise i had this guy next to me and we were singing hide your heart during the outdoor show and as we're singing i'm just thinking oh my god i'm also gonna have to hide my wallet and my vagina because this guy has definitely killed someone or done something awful (laughs) but we were singing together we were dancing together (laughs) do you think it was like hide your heart in a jar (laughs) i don't i don't know if he's like no, this, like, when when I say murderer fan, I don't mean, like, serial killer, mm-hmm. like, creepy in a way, just like, uh, I had to stab him because he wouldn't get off my driveway, you know? It's like that kind of murder. 
the guy said that Kiss sucked. It was justifiable <laughs> homicide. Exactly. Somebody <laughs> said Kiss sucked. <laughs> Somebody make fun of my jean jacket. You know how long it took to put these patches on? And you know, like, when you're a Kiss fan, it could actually be a jean jean jacket. Very true. <laughs> and here from the Canyon Club, January 29th, 2017, Courtney, please introduce this track. This is Mr. Ace Fraley playing very loudly, singing. What, what song is this? Rip it out. Oh, doing, oh, I love this song. Doing Rip It Out. Take my heart and don't put it in a jar. Take it away, Ace. It's in uh, Texas and Arizona. It's great to be back in California. Shit. And we stopped at one of those Cracker Barrels, man. I thought I was having dinner in Mayberry. track off my first solo album. It's called Rip It Out.
We are rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, today with us, we have Ace Fraley. It's Fraley, not Freely. If you get a chance to check out Ace Fraley, please do so. Courtney Cronin Dole definitely recommends that you go see Ace Fraley, right? Oh, yeah. All these all your all your listeners are already probably have their tickets. Yeah, it was super fun. I'm going again tonight, actually. So got to get my earplugs. Lucky you. Yeah. And opening up tonight again, one of my favorite bands, Enough's Enough. Very cool. So check that out. Now, Courtney, as we teased at the beginning of the show, we're doing Animal Eyes Side 2. What are your thoughts on Animal Eyes overall? I call it Kiss's Pyromaniac album. Ah, now why? It's like every single song is either about fire or mentions fire or burn. Well, at least like four or five songs mention fire Mm. and burning. Is that, has everyone already covered this? I think there's only one song that doesn't, to be honest it, with you. Yeah, it's like, so I call it the Pyromaniac album, or as some people might call it, Paul Stanley's second solo album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I called it the Beavis and Butthead album because of the fire, 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 you know, that sort of a thing. Yeah, they just really wanted to set something on fire that that month well, that they were recording this. Pyromania was a big thing, so. Mm-hmm. Def Leppard's Pyromania, actually. Not the, oh, that's not the actual, uh, you know, mental condition. but No, that's not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of mentions of fire. It's it's pretty heavy on the fire and burning. I actually almost, almost went through every lyric of every song, but then I'm like, this is ridiculous. No one's going to care. But I, I just wanted to know like, we how are many Kiss times fans. it was mentioned. We are Would Kiss fans. We are nerds. We want to know everything. Okay, someone should go through and count how many times there's a reference to fire, burning, and I believe the word flame yeah. is used fire, in another fa- song. Fire, flame, uh, mm-hmm. heat. What about heat? Mm-hmm. Do we want to? So, so we want to encourage everybody out there. Let us know how many times you hear fire, heat, burn. Mm-hmm. Some there's burn, bitch, burn. Feel my heat. So on and so forth. So it is a very hot album. It's probably one of the hottest albums in uh, Kisses. <laughs> it is Kisses. hot. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost as hot as Paul Stanley grabbing Peter Chris's ass on the Hotter Than Hell cover, which oh, to me hot. is the hottest thing ever. Hot. <laughs> He's kind of grabbing his ass. I'm sure you guys have covered that. but Oh, no, we're, we're too straight to cover that. Oh, he's pretty much grabbing his ass. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> and even if he isn't, that's what I'm going to picture. That's, that's, that's there the you way go. I like it. That's cool. Well, let's let's start with what you don't like as far as musically off of Animal Eyes, and then we'll talk about what you like. Okay. I like the album. It's a little, it's a different sound. It's, I mean, I know, I realized what they were trying to do after the success of Lick It Up, like what they were trying to do with it. Uh-huh. And I, and I, and I get where the, where the sound was going. The only song I'm just like, I can't, I just can't do it is um, Lonely as the Hunter. Mm. Is after it the lyrics Paul, or the music? Well, first of all, well, I can't, you can't not like the music because right. it's basically a mix of a bunch of other Gene songs. He yeah. basically took pieces of Dr. Love and, mm-hmm. and Radioactive mm-hmm. and, and like a pinch of Plaster Caster. Like that's what I got from that song musically. But lyrically. So, lyrically, it, I think all of Gene's songs on the album, he wrote after a night of debauchery with, with women. 
because every single song sounds like he could open it on stage with, here's a song about what I did last night. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a diary. But it, but it also, Gene would write from his book of sayings, because he has that book, I'm sure you know about the famous book, where he will just like be sitting around saying like, more bang for your buck. There's a, there's a great song title. More bang for your buck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just anything, you know. Logs, fireplaces, anything. So that's, Gene was writing from his little book of sayings. That's so funny. Oh, my God. That thing's going to um, sell someday at an auction. <laughs> and I don't want to upset. I don't like upsetting. I, I don't want to upset anyone if that's like their favorite Kiss song. But I'm going to I'm going to go with I'm guaranteeing it's probably not anyone's favorite Kiss song. Oh, trust me. Someone out there. I know. Loves that that's song. the thing. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. No, but, but you're not. No. You're, it's just your opinion. And that's that's all it yeah. is. That's that's my opinion for for that particular song. It was not my favorite. Um, so then, what? Let, let's talk about the upside. What is your fave stuff off of Animalize? Well, everybody loves "Heavens on Fire." That is just such a fun song. It's an easy chorus. It's really catchy. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves that. The video. Oh my god! <laughs> totally loved that video when I was a kid. Like that was just like, oh my god, "Heavens on Fire" is on. You know, like. Paul looks like uh, just fantastic. I mean, he's, he was born to be that rock star. And Gene finally has a, a unmasked look that looks cool. He looks like Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, I mean, and a Gene went through that phase around this time where he was wearing, like, the headband on stage, like he mm -hmm. was going to aerobics class. Yeah, and, well, everyone uh, did. I, that was the 80s. I know. And I realize it also probably helped during the shows because he's got really thick hair. And, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, and we all know Gene sweats quite a bit on stage because he's working hard and is certainly even more now that he's back in his, you know, in his, in his, in his demon wear, mm -hmm. where he just and sweat. Like I always joke, like if you're, if you've got like, you know, VIP and you're sitting up front and it's like, Oh, we're on Gene's side. It's like, do you have the raincoat? Yeah. Do, you need do, the do Gallagher. You need Gallagher's concert gear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just, he spits on you. He's spitting water and he just, the man is, he's a sweaty man. And that's that's so that's okay. He works hard okay. for his money. He really does. He's up Summers. to working hard. Yeah. And um, so of course I love that song. I really like um, what's the other one? I just love um, oh thrills in the night. Yeah, great one. Super power ballady. It's rocking. It feels like Love Gun Kiss sound mm -hmm. to me. That song. And I love the doubled up Paul vocals. I'm pretty sure that that's what's happening. But maybe on this album. According to Paul, since he was like the only one there, it's like tripled up vocals. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, loved that song. Really, really, really like that song. That's one I can put on my mix and like let it play over and over and right. I'm, I'm okay with that. Very good. Very good. So yeah, those are probably my two standouts on the album. And then every everybody always makes fun of Burn, Bitch, Burn because of the famous line. You know, everybody always makes fun of that and... Uh, I, I love that Craig just tossed that out there at the Gene Roast, right to Gene, and he just could not stop laughing about putting the log in the fireplace. But I think the funniest line in that song, because everybody makes fun of Burn, Bitch, Burn, we all make fun of it, was the line, well, it's an act of thrust. Uh -huh. And any way you slice it, act of thrust, and, and which reminds me of my favorite Billy Joel song, Matter of Thrust. <laughs> Uh, 
that to me is the fun is like just the line where you're just like it's just yeah it's an active thrust anyway it's an active thrust gene you're better than that yeah absolutely you're better than active thrust come on agreed agreed one of the other moments i love from the heavens on fire videos when eric carr comes bounding up from the back of the drum (laughs) kit like animal from the muppets and Uh he does that couple lines with paul and then he bounces right back there (laughs) it's one of the best parts one of my favorite moments in history to be honest with you oh i gotta check i gotta watch it again and look for that oh it's 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 just so cool so much uh it i just it just warms my heart it warms the cockles of my heart it warms the cockles of my heart so yeah that's a good video it is love it love it Mm -hmm. well i want to thank you for dropping by the podcast today thank you and we will have you back soon i I like having you around i'm going to make you an official podcast staffer right now oh that's so sweet do i really mean that you know that sort of thing (laughs) I just wanted to quickly say, don't you think Under the Gun could be a Steel Panther song without changing anything about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that soon because there's a lot of of penis talk in that song. Yeah. Penis talk on the podcast. (laughs) Because all, every time Kiss talks about their love or something, it's usually about their, their penis. There's a lot of penis, a lot of penis talking. Or their dick, as Jim said. Yeah, you can say that, too. I always say, in Love Gun, Paul says, no place for hide and no place to run. You pull the trigger of my love gun because penis does not rhyme with run. Right. (laughs) So you you can't say, yeah, you got to say love gun. All right, Courtney. Well, we will see you soon on an upcoming episode of The Podcast. And welcome to the staff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Which that is not a dirty saying. Welcome to the staff. That's that doesn't. It is if Gene wrote it. That's right, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the staff. <laughs> <laughs> Boing. <laughs> this is Courtney Cronendold, and you are listening to Podcast with Ken Mills. I now have two friends who can imitate Gene Simmons. Oh yeah. <laughs> And here we are back now discussing Analyze Side 2. Welcome back to the show, BJ. Thanks, Ken. It's good to be back. And uh, did you catch any of Lady Gaga the other night? Yeah, I did. That's the only part of the Super Bowl I watched, actually. Yeah, that and the Stranger Things ad. That was pretty much the only thing that really mattered to me. And the Walking Dead ad where the football got smashed. But Lady Gaga did put on what some may say a Kiss-inspired show. I mean, there was purple stars and hearts and green clovers. Wait, that's the cereal. The whole coming down from the sky. And, you know, she definitely does put on a very powerful presentation, whether you like her or not. Do you like Lady Gaga? 
Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. She has some good songs. Mm-hmm. I think Bad Romance is a great song. Yeah, that is a great song. Well, we welcome Gary Schaller back as well. Welcome back to the show, Gary. Hello! So here we are. Let's flip over the big record as we go to side two of Animalize. We threw it out to Facebook, and we asked people to rate each track one through ten. Okay? Mm-hmm. And ten the best, and one not so good, right? Right. And nine people gave us concise answers and did the numbering system. So these are the Podkiss Nine. And those nine people are Mark Kronzorowski, David Wilson, Christopher Goff, Randy Coleman, Scott Harding, Warren Ellis, Rick Frell, Mark Arnold, and Ben Connolly. We will dub them the Podkiss Nine. Those nine folks rated these songs one to ten. All right. So our next track, Under the Gun. featured on Kiss Animalized Live and Uncensored. Under the Gun, written by Paul Stanley, Eric Carr, and Desmond Child. This is a kick-ass tune. BJ, your thoughts on Under the Gun? Yeah, I don't really like it. I think it's a very obvious, unoriginal, formulaic song with a very basic melody, especially on the chorus. This has got to be one of the worst things Desmond Child was ever involved with as far as the melody I think, because it's just, for me, the chorus especially is just flat and generic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've never really, I, I don't really like this song that much, even though it seems like the kind of song I would like. It just doesn't have the melody at all to me. Well, you're just completely full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. No, uh, no, I, I love your brother, but uh, this is a fun song to me. <laughs> it's just... It's weird. If you look at the lyrics uh, after the chorus, it says "fire, fire, 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 pow." Is that sounds like something for Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> but the, there's no speed limit where I'm coming from. And I, BJ, I know you've you've walked out of the bedroom saying that before, or walked into the bedroom <laughs> saying that before. Well, there's no speed limit where I'm coming from. Let's hit the highway doing sixty nine. Was that, was, that, was that the middle finger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be, right? On a separate note, do you think that when Morris Day has sex, do you think that he says the time has come? I hope so. Yes! <laughs> yes! Mm-hmm. He has to, he has to. You gotta rep to uphold, right? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But the song itself, I love the music. It's just fantastic. It's got a great energy to it. It's just a fun fun song and it could be one of those kiss driving songs about hitting the highway and all that <laughs> gary shaller your thoughts 
It's all, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Under the Gun. It's fine. It's a good way to start side two. A, a, a good, uh, you know, showing off Eric Carr kind of song. He does get a co-writing credit for this mm-hmm. song, by the way. Yeah, it's fine. I, I don't know. There's some Paul Stanley lyrics that just make me chuckle. I like, I don't need a reason to get crazy. I'm getting crazy. And that's enough. And that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the chorus? If you take the line separate from Under Your Gun, you've got Do Your Living on the Trigger, Walk right. on the Wire, when the stakes are getting bigger, take game and fire. Those are all Dawkins songs, I think, aren't they? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. seriously, it almost looks like you're looking at the back of an album cover. Do your living on the trigger. Walk on the wire. When the stakes are getting bigger, take aim and fire. It's just it, those could be metal songs from the '80s for 500 Alex. This shit writes itself, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I made the the wrong move. I should have really tried to become a songwriter because sometimes you look at songs you go like people are getting paid for this <laughs> yeah no for sure but is it a thumbs up or thumbs down for you bj overall this song probably yeah. thumbs down I, I mean i don't hate it but you know you're not I'm even giving it, put like it on the, it's not going to be on any mix or anything on, like on, on your mixtape that you give your, your your woman here you go baby this is how <laughs> i think about you we're gonna hit the highway I think they were trying to write a certain kind of song, you know, to fit a certain mold or whatever. And well, what would so that it's just mold generic. have been? Seriously, what would that mold have been? Yeah, whatever they thought, you know, heavy metal was supposed to be in 1984 when, when they were trying to write a heavy metal song or right. whatever. Well, I, I mean, if you said uh, there's a heavy metal song called Under the Gun, you could just hear, oh, under the gun. I mean, it's just the most obvious thing, you know. Or take aim and fire. Right. I just right. think if you look at the complexity of the melody and the arrangement of I've Had Enough, you know, this song is just kind of flat compared to something like that. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run this title through the BJ 5000. BJ, uh, sing the song that would go, give me the chorus of Walk on the Wire. If Walk on the Wire were a song, what would it be like? <laughs> really? Yeah, do it. No, <laughs> I'd try, well, well, I could just sing. Walk on the wire. <laughs> right. There you right. go. Or walk on the wire. Like yeah. That, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, right. And you'd have Dance like the... through the fire. Yeah. You, 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 would, you would have the, uh, the, all the gang vocal on walk. Yeah. And then the yeah. loud, you know, the other vocal would be solo. Well, isn't that like View to a Kill too, right? Like some of these could be uh, Britpop, you know, like Duran Duran, right? Yeah. Walk on the wire. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. There you go. Uh, so anyhow. Dirt pod. I, Under like the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the hunger like the wolf melody very good there. So this would be Potter the gun or under the pod? Under the pod. <laughs> under the pod. Yeah, yeah under the pod. Right. Well, this one gets a score from the podcast nine, and that score is. 54. So we've we've got an uptick on the album finally in the sixth track. Here's something that I, I just got to say this about Under the Gun that makes me laugh or, or smile at least every time mm-hmm. I hear it. Right? Is when you have Paul Stanley saying, Come on, boys! And then a bunch of Paul Stanleys say, Fire! And then, he says, <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of Paul Stanleys answer back, Fire! That's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I, like, I, it's like the Heat Miser or the Snow Miser in You're Without a Santa Claus. They have their little guys that sing the backup. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Let's get him, boys. But I do love that part where he sounds so menacing. Oh, yeah, there's no speed limit where I come from. You know, it's kind of funny. Could you imagine uh, saying that to an, an actual woman? No. <laughs> In the art of seduction, could you imagine going up to the woman that you love and saying saying that to her, this phrase? Yeah, yeah there's no speed limit where I'm coming from. Let's hit the highway doing I, I challenge every man to walk up to the woman he loves this weekend and say there's no speed limit where I come from. Well, what is this song about? <laughs> what is he saying? Is Under the Gun a metaphor for not wearing a condom? I don't know. I mean, what is... <laughs> it, it, is this song about how dangerous his love life is? Or what the hell? What is the metaphor? Safe sex. <laughs> well, it's just a. This is Love Gun Part Three or Four at this point, right? Isn't this the Love Gun continues or Son of Love Gun in a way? Right. We have several of those. Anytime Paul Stanley sings about his dick, it's Son of Love Gun. <laughs> son of a Love Gun. Bang bang you. Yep. So okay, under yeah, the so, gun is okay, you're under so, you're under my dick. So his dick is the stakes that are getting bigger. And then... <laughs> Shoot out into the night looking for action. The main attraction is back in town. Right, I guess I know what he means by take aim and fire. Then. <laughs> <laughs> now this song has a new meaning to you. Does Show me make... something strange. I'll make it stranger. I'm going to put a little bow on that or something. You know, like, that's your vagina. It's not that strange. But I'm gonna. But I'm. But I have a marker right here. Let me just. Mm, mm. When my big stakes are done, it's gonna look even stranger. Right. What's the wire he's walking on? I don't know. <laughs> his, his, it's his life. His whole life is like that. It's just like very. He lives a very precarious life. Right. And you know he speeds, but at a moderate pace. Yeah. Like 60, 69. 69. Not exactly like ninety miles an hour. No. No. That's he, below the speed limit in a lot of places. I, <laughs> Well, now, yeah. Right. But he swears that danger runs in his blood, so... Hmm. Moderate danger. When the dust begins to settle, everybody's going to know. Splooge under the gun. <laughs> oh, boy. This song is getting a lot of attention. You know, actually, they did it live a lot. And this is just, I think, for me, proof positive that uh, Paul was truly uh, manning the helm of Kiss in the in this day, at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Because... Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because there aren't that many other songs. They wanted to, you know, Eric was fond of it or something. I don't know. But how How did this... I mean, this stayed in the set list for the whole fucking tour. Mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you. 
What cracks me up is Paul's always grabbing panties and bras in the Animalized Live and Uncensored DVD. Right. And he keeps asking the, the cameraman, are these yours? Are these yours? <laughs> I don't know. Are these yours? I don't know. I remember at one point when watching the, the song War Machine and Paul's like doing all this jumping around and like he, he was big into doing these kicks above his head all yeah. the time. And it's yeah. like War Machine's like revving up and it's like, oh, this is cool. This is really like hyper. Dark. Yeah, dark and kick ass. And there's Paul over there like doing mm. rocket kicks. And it's like, could you just let this hang? Let this be right. menacing. You know. Is that the one where he's like they show him in like slow motion doing it across the Yes, stage? that's the other thing. That's right. so such a weird editing choice. Yeah, it's odd. You know. It's very, yeah. So bizarre. This is the song you're gonna have a guy prancing in slow motion as during War Machine. Right. It just didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, under the pod. So our next track is Thrills in the Night. Stanley and Jean Beauvoir, who was a guest on Podkist, and he it was fantastic and really appreciated him. It was that was that was some good stuff in there. Yeah, very cool. Gears. I love this song, man. I, I love this song. I think it's a great song. Super melodic. I really like the guitar playing on this song. You know, it's one of those places where I think, like for me, like I've had enough where it's it's cascading and melodic and without just being a bunch of notes. There's mm-hmm. some rhyme or reason to it, I guess. Yeah, and the same with the solo. It's it's one of the better solos where it actually seems like it fits the song. Right. But you can hear how easily that goes off the rails, though. Like, I mean, we've all heard or read stories from Paul about how much he had to kind of shape and rein in Mark St. John's performances on this mm-hmm. record. And, you know, maybe hindsight's twenty twenty, but, like, knowing that, you could almost go back to this record, listen, and hear how close it is to just to a mess. Right. Like PJ was saying earlier, it's just it's just a hair shy of being completely crud in a way. I don't wish to speak ill of the dead. Right. Well, they kind of just put him in there. They didn't really like if there was a vetting process, they didn't really spend a lot of time on it, right? No, I don't think so. It was there wasn't like, much, yeah. Hey, we heard your tape, you're in. And right. that was it. Right. Yeah, this is uh from the Kiss Album Focus third edition, Julian Gill's book. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So this is Mark St. John. He said, The arthritis thing was really a cover-up for the other reasons. You know what I'm trying to say? I think a lot of people might know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it was really working out with Mark St. John in more ways than one. And especially when they started working with Bruce Kulik, right. they were probably like, why didn't we get this guy in the first place? Which, I don't know why they didn't just get Bruce in the first place. Maybe he had other obligations at the time when they were looking or, or well, I don't know. Don't you think it was kind of a thing like, uh, yeah, but that's Bob's little brother. Maybe he's not as good as, as Bob or whatever, for whatever Maybe. reason. Kind of like nepotism. They, they just didn't want to hire him because he was Bob's brother. And it turned out he was the right guy for the, the gig. 
But, you know, around that time, Bruce had been working with Billy Squire and uh, Michael Bolton. All that stuff was around mm-hmm. that same time, I think. So maybe when they were first looking, Bruce couldn't really do it. Just bad timing. And then uh, it all worked yeah. out. Yeah. BJ, what do you think of Bruce Kulick as a member of KISS? Obviously, he did a great job, and I think definitely his personality is the thing that kept him in the band as long as it did, as opposed to, seems like Mark St. John had a very different personality, probably. And, you know, Bruce Kulick was more than just an employee, but I think, in a way, that's a facet of it that Gene and Paul were looking for, was a guy who was just going to fill the role and kind of do what they wanted. Uh Uh-huh. Some of his solo work is just absolutely amazing, and it really fit the times as well. Yeah, and he wasn't one of those... I guess they were looking for that certain kind of thing when they got Mark St. John, which definitely wasn't Bruce Kulick as right. far as that kind of Ingve or, you know, Vinnie you know guitar Vincent shredder two. type thing. Yeah, Vinnie Vincent Part 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, you know, I don't think Mark St. John was, was even close to the same kind of guitarist even as Vinnie Vincent... And plus, you know, Vinnie Vincent came out of a much different... Vinnie Vincent could do that kind of guitar playing, but he didn't come from that kind of thing. It seems like Mark right. St. John, that was kind of what he wanted to be the whole time, whereas Vinnie Vincent developed, you know. Yeah, whereas Vinnie was a songwriter from the old school and learned that he had the ability to, you know, hone that ability and, uh, you know, become that kind of flash and balls guitar player, if you will, the Randy Rhodes, Eddie Van Halen type stuff. That whatever was going on at the time, and just hair metal was popping, and he just seemed to fit that really well. But he was also a really strong songwriter. We unfortunately did not get that same kind of vibe from Mark St. John. Like, I've listened to some stuff off the Magic Bullet Theory. Have you ever heard that? No, I don't think so. It just, it just sounds like animalized solos over and over and over again. Yeah, I, thought it, I always thought it was really interesting the way certain guys ended up in heavy metal in the 80s when that was never their intention. Mm-hmm. Like Vinnie Vincent would be an example, I think. And uh, like a guy like Ronnie James Dio, you know, he never, in, in the 70s, he never could have envisioned becoming what he became in the 80s. But just as his career progressed and then he ended up there and it was popular and it was a, made a, way, a way to make a living and have an audience. And then Ronnie James Dio ends up being the metal god. Just kind of by accident. And, right. you know, guys like Vinny found themselves in that world in the 80s, too. Yeah. Well, Gene and Paula, in a sense, yeah. are yeah, the same true. way. I mean, you know, they wanted to be a rock band, but who knew that heavy metal would become a thing that it did, and, you know, with their leanings in that direction? They but just if you've wanted heard, to be... If you've heard... If you've heard uh, Ronnie's first band, Ronnie James Dio's first band, Elf, there's nothing heavy metal about it, really. And right. then, but then he ends up in Rainbow because Elf crossed paths with Deep Purple, and then he ends up in Sabbath, and then he just makes this progression to become Holy Diver, uh-huh. you know, Ronnie James Dio, which just kind of ended up there because that's where his career took him. Right, kind of like the Thamesman became Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. The bigger the waistband, the deeper the quicksand. Or so I have read. (laughs) (laughs) What is the line that Kiss actually used? Oh, he used the bigger the cushion, the better the pushing, right? Is that in spit? Yeah, in spit, most definitely. (laughs) Yeah, Spinal Tap might have hit a little too close to home there. (laughs) Yeah. But it's weird that that, they used that after Spinal Tap, right? (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) 
to me, lyrically, this is one of my favorite songs from Kiss in the 80s. I just love the story that it tells. I love it when a, a song tells a story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is one that I know a lot of women particularly love because, you know, you tend to p- think of people in, as only one way. And this this talks about how you can be this professional person and still be a wild child at night. And we're all like that. We all have a duality or plurality to us, you know. Really great lyrics. I will forever have this song. I was actually at the recording in Cleveland of the video for this. Oh, that's really cool, dude. And the video, there's two sources. There's the Animalized Live and Uncensored and then the other side of it. And it was recorded in Cleveland on an afternoon. And we got to sit back and watch them actually film it you know everything from the cameraman getting the various close-ups on the various members and there was probably maybe 40 people in the whole place but we 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 got in there and it was fun that was also the day i met eric karm and bruce kulik nice they were really good guys by the way eric was really really super friendly yeah and he he asked us a bunch of questions so uh, this video when i watch it i will never forget being there and being part of that and of course Paul had to like swing on the trapeze like 12 times over <laughs> right. and over and over again to get because they filmed it from this side from that side to this side and underneath him behind him and it was it just seemed like such a lot of work for what actually wound up in the video and then there's the uh, yes. the video no one's ever actually seen of this right we've seen the pictures right of them dressed in like business attire business mm-hmm. casual I don't know yeah but it's it's like there's an office and there's a secretary and at night she's a real uh, foxy mama. Uh, she's she's a real <laughs> secretary by day, crazy woman by night, crazy rocker chick by night. I would love to see that. I really great. hope if there's another kissology or something that it comes out. It's got to be somewhere, right? Well, as much as it was filmed, right? We I don't even know if it was completed or edited. But that and the of course the the infamous. I video yeah right yeah those are the things that i think we all really want to see yeah i absolutely that i would love to see the other thrills of the night but um, i i just think this is just an excellent song it gets a big thumbs up from me it's one of my favorites on the album it's one of my favorite songs from kiss in the 80s i can't say enough about it you know wow. um, and i wonder if they would have just taken that footage of kiss dressed in the business suits at the office and interspersed that footage that, you know, I was there at the filming of, that probably would have been the actual video, right? I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't, they hadn't really done many, like, thematic kind of videos. Oh, no, that's not true. Actually, what am I talking about? I take that back. All the ones for, for all the ones for Look It Up were, like, uh, cinematic videos. So, yeah. yeah. No, it would be great to see that. Yeah, I love absolutely. the pre-chorus. I think that's just gorgeous. They're like, you know, walking around like a mystery. Gorgeous chord yep. changes there. Here's a little song. This song's about a girl who tries to be a real straight little good girl during the day. But at night, this girl is bad. Sounds called Thrills in the Night.
there's a woman that nobody sees living inside. Yeah. But we're not talking about you right now, Gary. BJ, your mm-hmm. thoughts on Thrills in the Night? Yeah, this song just never really connected for me. You know, Animalize, I like the album, and I can I can put this album on and listen to the whole thing and enjoy it, but it's probably my least favorite Kiss album of the 80s. And I think it's just because songs like this just don't quite connect for me. Like, I think this is a sister song to A Million to One, but I just like A Million to One so much more. Like, A Million to One times more than this song. <laughs> and so it just, and I, you know, I know it's just me. And for whatever reason, I understand why people like this song. And it seems like a song I should like more. But I just don't really, I just, yeah, it just doesn't really connect. Blasphemy, BJ. How dare you, sir? How dare you? (laughs) So this, of course, would be Thrills in the Pod or Pods in the Night? Either one. They're both good. (laughs) Gary, do you have a choice? Where's he at? Me? Uh Yeah, Gary. Gary, Oh, right here. I'm I'm thinking. I don't know. I think I like Thrills in the Pod. Uh, It's very, uh, to me, that sounds like something sexy is going on uh, in a spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Podkiss 9 on the, the panel uh, gave this one a total of 66. So another step up from the 54 of Under the Gun. So here we go. Can the next song hold the attention of the Podkiss 9? Let's find out. Our next track is While the City Sleeps, written by Gene Simmons and Mitch Weissman. song it's one it's this is probably my my second or third favorite on the record yeah some of the lyrics are a little cheesy kind of contrived uh you know like the you know don't don't count your chickens before the hatch don't you know look both ways before you cross the street kind of stuff but i actually think that the pre-chorus um burn your bridges take what you can get go for the throat because you paid your debt living well is the best revenge so give them hell yes i mean it's, i like it, that a lot yeah yeah it's cheesy and i still get chills when i when i hear it I really like I like this song a lot, and I think that the another great riff brought by Gene Simmons to this record. Damn it, BJ. Yeah, I agree. I like this song too. It's, and it, Gary said it's 
Yeah, two or uh, what in your top two or three? I, yeah, I would say after the first two songs, this is probably my next favorite song on the album. So it, obviously, it's the best Gene song on here by far, in my opinion. And uh, it, it's interesting that this is one of the songs, according to Julian Gill, this is one of the songs that he offered to that band Heavy Petten. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was written earlier, probably, than the other Gene songs on here. It seems like Gene's other songs on here were maybe a rush job just to get write some stuff for the album mm-hmm. and this song might be better quality because maybe more time <laughs> went into it and more thought i don't mm. know but yeah this is a cool uh gene simmons 80s metal song you know it works right and he's not saying i mean this could have been on lick it up and been a respectable contribution or creatures too i think you know uh this yeah. could have been track a 10th track on creatures like I, to me, I don't know, every now and then they bust out with a lyric that I think is genuinely evocative. Mm-hmm. And through the eye of the needle, gotta thread your life. Crap, that's a good, that, those are good ways. Rush could have sang that, that lyric. Right. Well, you know how I talked about the Ken Mills workout mix? Yeah. Uh, this, this can't be on it because lyrically it's a downer. It says, uh, private wounds and open sores. Ugh. <laughs> uh, you're your own worst enemy. Cheap thrills bring you to your knees. How defeating. It's thumbs down for someone you know. It's easy come and easy go. I like it when Gene's being a little bit motivational. But Right. Uh, well, no, but then, okay, but then, then for me, I'm thinking that that's the next part. Burn your right? bridges, take what you can get. So it's like leaving that, that stuff behind. Exactly. And, and, and lyrically, to me, this is the companion song in Naked City. I was just going to say that. Could you imagine this song produced by Vinnie Poncia? With that band doing this song, oh, I'd love to hear that. BJ, what would you think about that? I'd like to hear that, but I, and I would also like to hear Naked City done more like Animalized. I'd like to hear both uh, of those things, you know. That's in, cool. In a world of our own making, it would be like that. All right, podcast listeners, this is the challenge for you, all the musical podcast listeners out there, right? Everyone with a, you know, everyone with some musical prowess. I want to hear this, don't you? Sure. Do Wallace City Sleeps in the style of Unmasked or Naked City in the style of Animalize? Um, and Ken, can I hear uh, Getty Lee singing Through the Eye of the Needle, Got, got to Thread Your Life? I can't <laughs> sing that high, dude. <laughs> really? BJ, you try it. Through the Eye of the Needle, Got to... <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, that's it? it? Okay, I'll do it again. Through the Eye of the Needle, Got to Thread Your Life. Yeah, that's it. Yes, that's it. Nailed it. Got it in one. The things I do for you, I'm ashamed now. So yeah, please uh, let us hear those takes if you're out there. We we would love to. We 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 will we will play them if you make them. Make them and we will play them. So this uh, would be while the city pods. Mm. Pod the city sleeps. Uh, Well, I'm I'm going with while the pod sleeps. While the pods. Well, let's take a look at the Podkiss 9 score for this one. 47. So, a little bit of a downgrade, but not as low as we're going to go. That may give you a little indicator of where we're at. But thumbs up or down on this one? Uh, Just around the table real quick. Thumbs up from Gary, thumbs up from BJ, and I'm going to give it a thumbs up too. Our next track, Murder and High Heels, again written by Gene Simmons and Mitch Weissman. She's a 
thoughts, BJ? This would be one of my least favorite of all 70s and 80s Kiss songs, like probably top five worst of that of that period. It gets worse in the 90s for me, but uh, to me, this song is barely even written. It's just like a couple of riffs. <laughs> it's a couple of riffs and then some hastily written lyrics <laughs> over the riffs. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, this is... It's good that it's at the end of the album, you know, because you could just turn it off. You don't have to get through this to get to something else. So that's one positive, I guess. This is one of those things where it's like, lyrically, there's some cool stuff there, and then something knocks it out, right? Right. She ain't the girl next door worth waiting for. Mm-hmm. When you're playing with fire, a pool of sweat's lying on the floor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes. Yes. But... You know, Gene also points out again the money kind of thing, or are we seeing the uh, get rich bitch? Is that kind of like the girl from? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that the girl from uh, Off Unmasked? Um, She's so European. Oh, I was just thinking of the one from Lonely is the Hunter. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the uh, She's so European chick. Is she the get rich bitch? Oh no, that that no, I'm sorry, that young woman wasn't trying to get money. She was trying to get uh, that woman is the same one as modern day Delilah. Ah, you see, I love how you've got this all figured out. Yeah, no, it's, it, there's a book coming. Oh, okay. It's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Don't uh, joke. Someone out there is going. Gary Scheller's writing a kiss book. I'm writing a book, but not that one. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like this song. Damn it. Hey, you know what I just realized what? in um. In Under the Gun, the stakes are getting bigger, so the stakes are Paul's dick. And in this song, she's burned at the stake. So Gene's dick is a stake in this song. So both of them use the metaphor of a stake for their dick <laughs> on this album. Wow. That's deep, man. Well, well, that makes me kind of scared of this line. Sparks are going to fly. Let me tell you what it's all about. If, oh, if... oh, no, yeah, the sparks that are flying. right? That's jizz. <laughs> Hang on. Gentlemen, this is another of those examples of uh, lyrics that do not appear in the recording. Okay, all it just in the chorus is she murdered heels. Okay, that's it. But then there's all this other shit here. Well, she knows what's in your heart and she knows what's in your mind. Murder in high heels. Well, she's burned at the stake. None of that is in here. He saved those two of those lines he saved for the next record. Yeah, that's in any way you slice it, right? A fine song, I might add. We'll talk about that another time. And but. also, anyway, you slice it is in the lyrics of one of his other songs on this record. Yes, right? yeah. Burn, burn. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. VJ, are you suggesting that they recycled ideas? Um, but that burn, <laughs> that burn to the stake is not in here, okay? It's not in here. But, okay, oh, he but, doesn't sing it? It's just in the lyrics, huh? <laughs> right. Right. It's just overflow of poetic... Uh, I would have had to. I would have had to make it all the way through the song to actually figure that out. I don't yeah. know if that's oh, ever oh. happened. <laughs> oh, come on. Now listen, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. I'm not... I'm I'm in no position to argue that this is a, a, a great song, okay? I mean, obviously art is art. It's subjective, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Listen to that riff. Yeah, it's really funky. Yeah. yeah. Like, could you yeah. imagine Sly and the Family Stone laying that down? All right, podcast listeners. <laughs> get funky what did you guys say heels. you what can hear you it say... right sorry oh no, no I'm sorry just I'm all excited about this now right it would start with the tambourine 
<laughs> and, and then and then actually the bass would go and and the guitar would just be <laughs> or it could be one of those things where the organs but you know, yeah like stevie wonder and she's real fine tune here she comes she's murder in high heels yeah this is almost like a gene noir song you know where yes. he's He's like writing from bad detective novel titles. Gene Noir. Wouldn't you guys say that, without a doubt, Gene Simmons had notebooks, and he would just scribble down these phrases, and then when he's writing lyrics, he pages through the notebook and just plugs something in wherever it fits. And that's why you end up with Any Way You Slice It in Burn, Bitch, Burn, and then that becomes a song, and it's got the lyrics that were going to be in Murder at High Heels, and it's... I mean, all those lyrics in, like, Burn, Bitch, Burn... He probably just had that shit all written down in a notebook, like all over in the notebook, and he just pages through and plugs it in, and that's how it feels to me. Yeah, well, that's his methodology, you know. And to be fair, it's not unique to Kiss, right? No. King King Crimson had 87 songs called Lark's Tongues and Aspic. Uh, You know, Pink Floyd have like 87 songs with like a D major arpeggio, uh, you know, like Brain Damage and The Narrow Way, and the list goes on. Yeah, Gene went through that period, I think we've talked about it before, in the 90s, where every song had laughing when you want to cry in it. Yeah. Right? And that sums up a lot of days. You want to laugh when, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So would this be Pod in High Hills or Murder in High Pods? Murder in Pod Heels. Pod Heels. Murder in Ken Mills. Anyway. <laughs> Ken in High Heels. There you ah! go. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, this one from the podcast nine. Are you guys ready for it? How how low do you think this one goes? Thirty. <laughs> Bj, is it below ten? <laughs> no, but okay. but give it give it a guess. Below twenty. Just give it a guess. Don't ask questions. Damn uh, it. Eighteen. Eighteen. Well, you're wrong. It's twenty eight. But that's the stinker of the album, according to the podcast nine. They are right. They are incorrect. <laughs> So your favorite tracks, number nine, we're, we're going to do them in reverse like the Casey Kasem kind of thing, you know. Being the stink bottom at number nine, it's murder in high heels at 28. Eight, lonely is the hunter at 43. Seven, get all you can take at 46. Six, while the city sleeps at 47. Five, with burn, bitch, burn at 49 you know no matter how you slice it any way you slice it all those songs uh, those nine people pick burn bitch burn as being better than while the city sleeps get all you can take lonely as a hunter and murdering idols <laughs> yikes but look how close it was to gene's four songs being the bottom four though <laughs> well we're gonna get to that number four under the gun at 54 number three thrills in the night at 66. At number two, it's I've Had Enough Into the Fire with those unnecessary brackets at 70. And the number one song on the AT Top 9 of Animal Eyes, it's Heaven's on Fire with 75 accumulated votes. So there you go. Thank you very much, Podcast 9. That was beautiful. Now, BJ, you mentioned those four songs, right? While the City Sleeps, Lonely is the Hunter, and Burn, Bitch, Burn. I asked folks, which is the worst of these four tracks? And I put a poll up 
I put a pole up, yeah. Which that could have been a Gene Simmons '80s lyric, or maybe off the the new album. So Gene, get on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eight people thought "While the City Sleeps" was the worst of the four Gene songs off of Animal Eyes. Nine people thought "Lonely as the Hunter" was the worst song, or or the worst Gene Simmons song out of the four. Thirty-two people thought "Burn, Bitch, Burn" was the worst. And that leaves us with 44 votes. Murder in High Heels is the worst of the Gene Simmons songs off of Animal Eyes. They are completely wrong. And you know what? BJ and I voted for Murder in High Heels, so... I now, I now kind of feel bad about it. Wait, what was the best one? What did the people say? While the, the city... It, it, let's put it this way. You can't say best or worst, right? No, it's, no, no, it's, no. it's the least offensive, maybe? Or no. the, the least... <laughs> The least not hated, the the most beloved, depending on how you look at it, right? Because every, everything, this is just art. It's all subjective, right? So, I know, I just said this is art. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. burn, bitch, burn is not art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it would be, it'd be wrong to call it science. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then I threw this question out. Imagine if we would have had It's My Life instead of one of these other tracks. Because we've talked about how Paul kind of was not a fan of Gene Simmons' style of working, right, at this point. Because Gene was doing... The the uh, the uh, common thought is is that Gene was working on movies and being Mr. Hollywood, Mr. Show Business, and Paul was in the studio slaving away, and Gene would come in and knock his bits out and go back to Hollywood, Right. So if and run run away to Hollywood. <laughs> yes, run away to Hollywood. Sing. So if you could take "It's My Life" and put it in place of one of these four songs, B.J. Cramp, which would you bounce off? I mean, it seems like I would say "Murder in High Heels" because that's my least favorite. But I think I guess I would bounce off "Burn, Bitch, Burn" just because it's so embarrassing. Yes, me but too. but I I always thought that "It's My Life" should have taken the place of um, "I Love It Loud." On creatures and bet it should have been the single from that yeah because they had it then so. right gary so you'd go with burn bitch burn as well yeah i'd have to as much as i would do that i would pop the eggs in one basket one lonely is the hunter just because yeah. of that eggs in one basket's just so damn ridiculous <laughs> okay but let me let me <laughs> read okay line. but here's the thing okay so ken you contributed something of tremendous value i'd say tremendous value uh when you <laughs> When you gave your interpretation of what the, what happens in the lyrics to uh, Detroit Rock City and then King of the Nighttime World, that whole like guy in an ambulance thing, mm-hmm. right? I thought that was fantastic. But let me let me offer this to the Kiss uh, the podcast audience, okay? Lonely is the Hunter may be a much maligned song among Kiss fans, but if you reimagine it as the experiences of a man working in a cafeteria who is in love with the lunch lady, it is a very different s- song, okay? Where are you going with this? Like, literally, if we take the lyrics, literally, my egg's in one basket, but she threw me a bone, okay? And then if you go down here, like, I asked her for a refill, sweat flew off my face, right? <laughs> no, you can't have more! Right? Like, can I just get more? Like, can I get a refill? Right? And then, and he's so nervous, right? Yeah, but she's a torture chamber when I seduced her in my bed. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. She gave a cold reading. Success went to her head. I hate that line. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about offensive lyrics on an album? 
My eggs in one basket, she threw me a bone, and she gave a cold reading. Success went to her head. It doesn't even really rhyme. What is it that you hate about that line? Is it your self-respect or your IQ that (laughs) keeps you from liking it? I will give the song points for In the Heat of Battle, The Heart Cannot Rule. I'm such a fool. Yeah. (sighs) That's enough of that. I I will not talk that song anymore! (laughs) So let's, let's look at some of the animalized comments that we had from the Facebook page. We threw it out there. I basically wrote something to the effect of Boy, Animalize is better when I look at the individual songs as opposed to the whole. You know, like some of the songs are just really excellent. But when I put them all together under the title of Animalize, it's it's not something I visit all that often. So I asked people what they thought of it, and Rick Hodge wrote, My least favorite Kiss record. Joey Haney wrote, Personally, I think it's weird that they aren't even playing Heavens on Fire live anymore. I wish they'd bring that back. Thrills of the Night, because it is a true gem. He also writes, I never hear a lot of people talk about the vibe of the record, but certain records just sound better at night. This is one of those records. What do you think about nice. that? I like that. You you agree? Did you, did you guys hear me laugh? <laughs> it was just no. I, I guess I'm just in a Gene Simmons mindset, but when you said opposed to the whole, I laughed. <laughs> opposed I to the whole. <laughs> Lonely. See, that could have been a lyric. You could just plug that into all these songs. Oh, you sure could! I was opposed to the whole. <laughs> plug that in, VJ. Opposed to the whole. <laughs> but she's so fine-tuned. Here she comes. Robert Ross writes, For an album with such a bad reputation, it sure sold a lot. And so did Justin Bieber, right? Yeah, but come on. That's not really an argument for anything. To be fair, Justin Bieber's records did not have Burn Bitch Burn on them. Are you sure? I didn't check, but you're sure, right? Douglas Levy writes, I liked it a lot in 1985, but in the years that followed, I've come to the conclusion that Paul's tunes are great and Gene's tunes suck straight ass. <laughs> Fun as Burn Bitch Burn is to hear, it's nothing but cliches strung together. Probably took him five minutes to write. Wrong, Why is it, it was fun to hear? <laughs> wrong, it was a whole six minutes. Uh, Jeremy Bennett writes, great album, one of my faves, Ross Berg. We love you, Ross. He said, I've always liked it a lot. The highlights of the album are Get All You Can Take, Murder in High Hills, and While the City Sleeps. Steve Elliott says it sounds a lot better today than I remember it back then. And that's kind of where I was coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Tim McFate writes, I've always loved Animalize, a very high energy of its time 1984 hard rock album. Disappointed that Mark St. John gets thrown under the bus for delivering the exact type of guitar playing that was asked for slash needed. If Paul wanted Paul Kossoff style leads, he should have hired someone who was clearly more influenced by Alan Holdsworth. Still, I enjoy the results. Rest in peace, Mark St. John. Christopher Todd Davis writes, One of my least favorite Kiss records for sure. Still, as much as I don't like it, it holds a special place for me. That was the first tour I was able to see for one. So that's pretty cool. Pete LaRusso writes, I don't think it's nearly as horrible as someone makes it out to be. You know, when you start out a sentence, a review of an album, I don't think it's nearly as horrible as someone make as some make it out to be. I, I prefer Asylum as far as comparing the follow-up album, but aside from a few of Gene's mediocre songs, it's really not that bad of an album. Again, not words you want to like say. Not that bad of like if there was like a review, you know, quotation mark beside the album cover. Right, these crabs are not that itchy. Yeah, <laughs> really not that bad of an album overall. 
Daryl Dittweiler says, I love it. I was 17 when, I, when it came out, and maybe that's why I loved it then as well. So that's another thing. When it came out, that really does affect where you were and all that. David Luke Corelli writes, There's a lot of energy there, but the songs just aren't as strong or memorable as Creatures or Lick It Up. This is also the first album where Gene started phoning it in, and Paul had to bear the load, and it shows. Chris Karam, I love Animalize Then and I love it now. Sure, there's a bit of a cheese factor, but so what? It's fun and a snapshot of a crazy period in history. I love cheese. I don't know about you guys. Are you, any of you guys lactose intolerant? or <laughs> No. Okay. Phoenix Phil writes, When I listen to it, I'm always surprised to find that Gene's songs aren't as bad as I remember. I mean, they're not great, but... There's another one of those lines. They're not great, but compared to some of the absolute crap he followed up with, they're borderline classics in comparison. Plus, I'm one of the few people that think Burn Bitch Burn is awesome. It's like the sweaty king of numbskull medals a dash's final victory lap before he morphs into the less interesting baron of my yuppie metal filler. Wow, that's a sentence. I think some of the biggest problems albums stem from Paul Stanley's vocals, which for me at least are just too helium screechy in places, and ruined the could-be classics like Get All You Can Take. Telling, tellingly, he produced the album, and I feel the album would have that the album would have a better feel today if an outside influence had been involved to help rein his vocals in a bit. That's interesting. You don't hear people say that very often. Right. Larry Roberts says, I think it's a great album, but I do find that it's a mood album, meaning that I have to be in the right mood to hear it, and I really dig it. Unlike certain other albums of theirs that I can listen to at almost any time, and yes, he likes Burn Bitch Burn a lot. The words are terrible, but then again, they have tons of lyrics that make me cringe. <laughs> Mark Reynolds finishes it up with... Not their best album, but certainly far from their worst. I loved it when I was a kid. I used to dance with girls to Heavens on Fire at roller discos when I was in school. So that's a great memory to have, right? That is a great memory to have. And yeah, that's what that's what all of this is about, isn't it? It's yeah. like celebrating the memories of these records and the, the role they played in our lives. Absolutely. And uh, I will have to kind of piggyback off of that. That was one of the, when I worked in a strip club called The Wooden Keg in Meadville, Pennsylvania, there was this girl named Robin, and she would dance to Kiss songs. Like, usually when somebody wasn't in, because uh, there were certain times that guys would come in, and you, you, you could tell, like, when people were getting off work or going home to their families and whatnot, and there was, like, a throughout the day, a come and go of people, right? Literally. And right. anyway, this this really, really hot chick named Robin, she would dance to She, Lick It Up, Heaven's on Fire. I know she danced to Crazy Nights sometimes, too. That sounds it, like a pretty damn good time, dude. Oh, well, and I got paid for it, so it was it was fun. But uh, yeah, that was Heaven's on Fire is one of those songs that uh, strippers love. So in, in, the, in the lexicon or pantheon, to use big words like gymnasium, where does Animalize rank in your... Ranking of Kiss albums, Gary Schaller. No, oh, that's hard. Look, I, to me, it, I don't know that I like it as much as I like any of the makeup, the classic makeup era records, okay? Uh-huh. I would say, though, and I, I still feel this way, this has always been my favorite of the non-makeup records. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. It just, it's heavier. It's it, To me, there's a cohesion about it, even though I know that, um, you know, this was like a Paul Stanley solo project with, you know, sort of Gene Simmons charity songs phoned in or whatever the narrative is. Um, to me, this just holds up. It's, it's 
It's also mercifully short. And I say that not because uh, it's so bad that you don't want to listen to too much of it. I say it's mercifully short because um, I don't think Kiss records need to be super long. Well, that's one of the problems I have with uh, Hot in the Shade, right? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, it's... I mean, always leave your fans wanting more, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I found, in comparison, uh, Asylum to be actually rather disappointing, with the exception of um, the singles. Um, I, I really love Animalize. It's a record that I would put on and listen to on a drive at night in the city and be, be very happy. Mm-hmm. Very good. BJ, where does it rank in your uh, lexicon or pantheon of Kiss albums? Yeah, it ranks pretty low for me. I like it. I definitely like Asylum a lot more. It's probably my least favorite Kiss album until the 90s. You know, and then every everything that came after the 80s is worse for me. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just song for song, it it ranks pretty low. I give the albums a thumbs up. What what is the saying that uh, the sum's greater than the whole? What what is it? The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. How, so how would Gene Simmons <laughs> turn that into a metaphor? Yeah. That's the, the sum of my parts is great is great in your whole or something. Like yeah, that? that's it. That's it. Some, <laughs> of, my some of my parts are great in your holes. Oh my god. <laughs> burn bitch, burn two. The final burning egg. But to me, this is one where the, the the individual tracks shine, but when you put them all together, it's just not as appealing to me. I don't know why. It just works that way. I think that it, it That's has... That's weird. I would phrase it the opposite. I would say, individually, the songs aren't that great, but as a whole, like if I just listen to the whole record, I can enjoy it a lot more than just some of the songs on their own. So that's weird. I mean, I could take It's My Life, throw it on here, bop one other song off and a couple of those songs from Killers, and we're talking about a great album. I don't know. I think it's a great album to begin with, to be honest with you. Right. Right. You know, because I think as long as we're talking Kiss records, part of what's great about them is the flaws. Like, would this have been as much fun? I mean, this was a blast talking about this record, but could you imagine if every song was, you know, top quality? In a way, it wouldn't be as much fun, you know? Well, if you had ten, uh, I've had enough into the fire, this would be a very boring record. If you had ten Heavens on Fires, this would be a very boring record. That's one of the great things about Kiss, and one of the things I love, I've said this a a bunch of times on the show, so this is going to be no big surprise to anybody. I love ACDC, but I can only handle them for so long because it's kind of like everything is the same all of the time. With Kiss, you get that perversity of diversity you know what i mean you get that yeah. uh, you get that you never know what's necessarily coming at you and i kind of like that keyword perversity <laughs> i'm all for that nothing wrong with that what is right for you may not be right for some yeah so animalize i'm, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up today you you guys uh thumbs up for you gary yeah absolutely and bj mm, yeah i guess right. I, I do like it yeah well there you go thumbs up. so overall three thumbs up and if you don't like it, three thumbs up your ass. So there you go. No, I'm not going to say that. I can't. That's rude. <laughs> that's rude. I can't say that. But I'm anyway. I'm going to put my third thumb up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> up to the third digit. Thank God His you didn't thumb. have gas. <laughs> Bam. What fucking difference does it make? You know, <laughs> 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 so I can really stretch it out. What
recently Bobby Dreher and uh, the, the KISS Army all got together behind Matt Porter and we all helped Matt get a vehicle and it was a really cool outpouring of love and affection from people one of the neat things that we were able to do was sell some buttons some podcast and KISS room buttons and you could get them and the money would go directly towards charity for Matt so we want to thank everybody out there especially uh, people like Julian Gill and all the stuff that he did by getting the word out and everybody else there are a lot of people even Monkeys fans got involved and Peter Tork's Facebook page actually got involved the actual Peter Tork gave us some stuff to auction off so that was pretty cool it's pretty neat to see everybody come together under a positive banner right BJ yeah 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 very cool yeah, even even uh, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, uh, wrote Matt a letter, and it was pretty cool. I mean, you just wow. don't get that. You know, that's that's mind blowing. Yeah. So thanks to everybody out there for sharing the love. We all need to put a smile on our face, and uh, that definitely did it for me. But if you'd like to get a kiss room or podkiss button, you can. And here's how: check out this song from the Kiss Room House Band about Christine, the Button Queen and how you can get your very own podcast or kiss room buttons. You need a button. Christine's the one that you want. She's got them in her hands. And very soon she'll be sending. Christine, the button queen. I don't usually say things like this to button queen. But when I saw you wearing that podcast and kiss room pins that day, that day I knew, I knew I had to have one. I had to have one. For a limited time, you can get your own kiss room or podcast buttons free. All we ask is that you pay for the shipping and handling. $3 for one or $5 for two. Purchase via PayPal. Simply email zilchorders at gmail.com. Z-I-L-C-H orders at gmail.com. Please leave your name and address and what kind of buttons you want in the comments when you order. If you don't use PayPal, simply email Christine the Button Queen at zilchorders at gmail.com for all of your cool button needs. You've got to have them. You've got to have them. Well, guys, you know, Burn Bitch Burn gets a lot of flack, but here's yet another live version of Burn Bitch Burn. And a very excited Paul Stanley at the back of it introducing Cold Gin. It just kind of cracked me up. So here we go. Burn Bitch Burn live.
motherfucking light and let the people see what they're getting tonight. You know, I'll tell you something. There's been times, there's been times I ain't had no fucking money in my pockets neither. I know you can't believe that. But let me tell you something. When there ain't no fucking money, I'll tell you there's one thing there always is. Wait a minute, damn. What? What? I can't hear you. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkissed. So we want to thank you for listening today. And uh, anything you want to tell the folks, BJ? No, just check out Rock and or Roll if you're interested. <laughs> Which is a very good podcast. It's uh, very cool. And Cheap Talk, the Cheap Trick Show, is back in production. So here we go. And for anybody out there that doesn't know, I started a brand new podcast called Pop a pop culture podcast so i finally have figured out a way f- that i can talk about anything i want not just kiss or the monkeys or cheap trick or whatever anything now anything's on the table bj if you want to talk about big Macs, we can do it <laughs> if you want to talk about rhoda we can talk about rhoda the tv show if you want to talk about twisted sister we can do it anything anything that pops I was going to say that sounded like a Burn Bitch Burn lyric when you said, if you want to talk about Big Macs, we can do it. <laughs> fit that right in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you on the next podcast. We're getting closer to the elder table. Ba, 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 ba. All righty. Well, we will see you on the next podcast. I think someone's setting up that great big elder table over there. Hmm. Hmm, I, want I wonder that. what that I want means. That. Hmm. Could it be? <laughs> See you on the next podcast. <laughs> all right, bye. Uh, See you guys. Okay, all right, bye, bye, Gary. All right, bye. Bye. We're all through. We are all through, baby! So just burn. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, Thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears.
Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene man. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's your place for all things Kiss and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. History Science Theater, the most civilized... Yeah. Oh, f- Oh, f- <laughs> come on! Respectful. Just imagine Gene it's with like, like a with like a washtub bass. <laughs> and serious. No wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History science theory. We bust balls because we care. Hey, this is Nick, co-host of The Pod of Thunder, the only KISS podcast that breaks down the entire KISS song catalog one track at a time. Every week we have a new song chosen at random, and we do our best to analyze it. We talk about KISS-related topics and non-KISS-related topics, all the while trying not to kill each other. If you like the sound of that, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and especially on iTunes. Pod of Thunder! Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a Kiss version of Meet the Press, your source for Kiss News every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire. You bend over, baby, and let me be the driver. It's just a cut of pink. Wouldn't believe me if I told you. But this time you bit off more than you can chew. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, my. Yeah. Just listen to this, babe. You've got nasty habits. It's a fine line. So many girls in so little time. I, I, I. When love rears its head, I want to get on your case. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, baby. Want to put my log in your fireplace. Maybe, baby, you want to get played? Am I supposed to do the chorus? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can. No, 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 no. You know what, BJ? Just skip to it's an act of thrust. No, theory. no. I'll do the chorus and then BJ takes it over. Okay. So burn, bitch, burn. Ooh. Burn, bitch, burn. Ooh. Burn, bitch, burn. 
It's an act of thrust, and any way you slice it, no sticks and stones, no kicks and groans can hide it. So why kid yourself? It's so cut and dry. Your body's condemned, and figures don't lie. I'm gonna cover my class. I won't sit up and beg. I gotta keep my tail between my legs. You're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah, I'm gonna put you in your place. So burn, bitch, burn. Well, the heels are stacked now. Burn, bitch, burn, and there's nothing you can do. Burn, bitch, burn. Ooh, ooh, so don't burn your bridges. Burn, bitch, burn. We're all through. We are all through, baby. So just burn. So, so just burn your bridges. <laughs> We're all through. Uh, hold on a second, guys. I have to get a battery for my mouse. Hold on a second. <coughs> Be right back. Here's what's horrible about this. This pen actually has a mouse, like a pet mouse. And, he, <laughs> and there's a battery strapped to it, very much like in Dune. You know? Are you familiar? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, No, I, I haven't seen Dune I since. I want to get on your case! Wow! <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Is that like the Paul Lind version of Burn, bitch, burn. Oh, put my log in your fireplace. What's the matter with <laughs> I love Paul's little screams and stuff in it, like the... Oh, my God. I, I have to laugh every time when Paul says the, uh, the oh, yeah, <laughs> at the beginning of that one verse or whatever. Uh, you can't not laugh. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I gotta run. I do have a flat tire. I gotta get it fixed. Ken, There's nowhere I will to run. Nowhere to hide. What? Oh God! Burn your britches. We're all. Uh, how... <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. Ooh. We're all through. Actually, we're just getting started. I'm going to cough now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm gonna cough later. Okay. Down this morning. But y'all know how I earn a living. No, we don't. All right, I was on the assumption y'all would have been brief about who I am. No matter. My name is Neon Joe. Werewolf hunter. And I'm here because when someone get killed by a werewolf, I get a call. And I got a call late last night because somebody think the actor Paul Rudd was killed by a werewolf. I saw the body. Wasn't no craze fan did that. Not unless craze fan werewolf. Maybe it was a dude werewolf. Maybe it was a chick werewolf. Hey, maybe even a, uh, a chick with a dick werewolf. Man, you ever see one of those? Blow your mind. Whatever the case, for $25,000, I'll find this beast for you. I'll catch it. Kill it. For 75. Oh, well, you want people saying that you're cute being bees? Buying up all your antiques, 
eating up all your artisanal mayonnaise, and I suggest you pony up. Or you can take your chance and uh, roll the dice! Thank you for that offer, Neon Joe. We will take it under advisement. Uh, help. You make up your mind, you let me know. Y'all know where to find me. No, we don't. Oh, we're great at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, we are amateurs. Yeah, I make all the sex sounds with my mouth afterwards. <laughs> Squish. You guys belong in a mental institution. That's how we met, actually. It was lovely. Yeah. Look. Ooh. This place oh. is nice. Right? I'm glad you wore your nice flip-flops. Stay frosty, man. Okay.